the volume. We are back on another episode of Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco. Alex Monaco, fired up to be with you another day closer to NFL football, baby. Appreciate you joining me live on AMP. Moneyline Monaco across all platforms. Make sure to hit the follow button on AMP. All things social, volume, sports, incredible cast of characters, and Rolodex of shows. Appreciate you joining me. Let's talk NFL quarterbacks today, but not going veterans on campus. I want to set the table by saying, look, in the sportsbook betting world, the futures props, and although they don't have a ton like they do for all decorated quarterbacks that have been in the league for a couple of years, you can find value. You can find mispriced numbers Four rookies coming in. So I have six bets, six quarterbacks, first-year starters, second-year starters, rookies, and sophomores on the super bad McLovin campus. Chicka, chicka, fake ID. No longer adults in the grown man NFL animal kingdom. So six quarterbacks, six bets. And again, not all of the bets and the props on the board right now are going to stay. And then we might see, because again, you got CJ Stroud, you got Anthony Richardson, you got Bryce Young, three dual threat quarterbacks. I expect rushing props to prop pop up, prop up for these boys. I don't see them yet. So we're, we're a little limited, but I still found some value. We're going to start out with the sixth quarterback on the list here. Of my six, I'm breaking down, and I'm starting out with a man that actually was, according to maybe a speaking role in the Screen Actors Guild, I believe he did get a line in quarterback season one as the backup to Marcus Mariota, Mr. Cincinnati Bearcat himself, Desmond Ritter, sitting right now at my least favorite quarterback on the list of six QBs as we dive in here. I sit on FanDuel, a couple of shops I look at. His over-under, 14 and a half touchdowns. Now, here's the thing with Ritter. He absolutely has dual-threat ability. He has the athleticism. Mechanics-wise, don't really feel like this is a guy I want to wrap my arms around coming into this Atlanta Falcons offense here. And I talked out a couple of Atlanta Falcons-esque things over the last few weeks here in the NFC South. It's an interesting division. But I look at Ritter at 14 and a half touchdowns here over under. That is criminally low. And guy had four, excuse me, two touchdowns thrown in four games last season with a top three rushing offense. I got to be honest, I'm looking at the Falcons. You bring in B. John Robinson. You have Cordell Patterson. Now, they have pieces. That's the interesting thing here. This is an a win total number for the Falcons that is almost perplexing. I, one of the few teams I'm going, how is this team over or under eight and a half wins? They were 15th in points for last season, 23rd in defensive points allowed. Now, much like Chicago, 
huge disparity when it comes to run and pass. And this is a team that's going to run the ball. This is a team that's not focused on Ritter making plays. Now, is he going to utilize a Kyle Pitts, Kyle underperforming Pitts and Drake London? Yes, he's going to utilize those pieces in honestly, great situational spots, but as far as what the scheme is for this Falcons offense, it has to be run the pass the ball. And I don't even see them throwing 15 passing touchdowns this season. I think Ritter on the under is a comfortable purchase. Again, a guy that could be asked to be dual threat, almost them kind of babysitting him out the gate is what I would have to envision. And yes, he does have some red zone threats. 6-4, I believe is Drake London's hide off the noggin. He's certainly a red zone threat in pits, but I'm looking at all of the fantasy football numbers over the last couple of years in Atlanta, and I'm not impressed with anyone. This is a team, if you're betting on the Atlanta Falcons on props, I would tell you to pick up another hobby because this team is a very difficult team to sit there and try to hypothesize about the style in which they're going to roll out. To me, they're going to protect Ritter in that offense more than ask him to play make. You look a little bit in the Costco sample size of last year with Marcus Mariota. You saw a good glimpse of it with the quarterback series as well. They don't stretch the field. They don't gunsling the rock. They don't have any particular Big 12 to quote a college conference, spread the ball, spread the wide receiver type approach. They're kind of one of the last five, six teams that runs to pass first. I don't expect any change there. I don't like Ritter over under anything over on the prop category. I'm taking under comfortably 14 and a half touchdowns. There is almost... Uh, such an it's to scratch because it's so low. You're like, ah, one touchdown a game? Is that not feasible? I don't trust it. Again, a top three rushing team with a new quarterback, they're going to rock with what works. So I'm on Ritter underachieving and I'm on him under. I'm not saying he can't be a game manager. They can't go nine and eight in an up for grabs division. I don't like him on the props board. He is my sixth of the first and the second quarterbacks on the board. Now, I may come in a little hot takey here. I'm going to be on this list as I build it out here and get to one. (laughs) I'm going to lean a little more situational, situational awareness and fit with these quarterbacks on these teams than I am just going to go plug and play on the props. So on that thought here, Even though I love his projection, I'm going to put CJ Stroud here fifth on my list to Desmond Ritter. Now, I do think he goes over 17 and a half touchdowns. I do like him to comfortably clear that number, a guy that threw 85 touchdowns in college, but he inherits a team that is just bottom in almost every category. I mean, 30th in time of possession, bottom three offensive points per game next to the bad news Broncos. This is a team that to me has a complete 
new chapter there that's going to take a little bit of time. You want to talk about turnover from last year to this year. I mean, even the pieces in Dalton Schultz, Bobby Robert Woods play are new. There's not even receivers here. Even John Mechie coming back from beating leukemia, an incredible story. There are just new pieces on this roster all the way across the board. A relatively no-name unless you play fantasy and running back. C.J. Stroud has his work cut out for him. Now, I think he's in a far and away hardest spot of any of these rookie quarterbacks, believe it or not. There's no company culture in Houston. I mean, absolutely. Even, even David Carr, back to the inception of this team, you look at success at the quarterback position, I mean, a lightning in a bottle, Matt Schaub to Andre Johnson to hang your hat on, and then after that, Deshaun Watson here and there, yes, but this is a team that is essentially starting from scratch. And that's why I got to put CJ fifth. Again, he's capable of stretching the field. I'm curious to see what running uh, rushing prop numbers they put out for this guy. This is a dude that is a certified athlete. I like his poise. I do like his leadership ability. I just got to put him there because this Texans team, I mean, even defensively, they're, they're in some bottom 10 categories almost all the way across the board. I, I just have too much on my plate here looking at the Texans to feel like this is a guy you want to bet anything more than just the bare minimum. One unit, nothing crazy. Crazy CJ Stroud, I think, builds excellent. And this is kind of my hypothesis, and, and there's proof in the pudding with it. The quarterback that comes in new to the league is going to look for comfortable routes, security blankets, and playing it unless you really are coming in and gunslinging, playing it safe otherwise. So a Dalton Schultz is probably, to me, if I had to envision favorite targets, probably a guy that he's going to lean on a lot. I'd say from a C.J. Stroud perspective, look at Dalton Schultz to be relatively productive because he's got new ride receivers he's got to figure out chemistry with. It's going to take a little bit of time. And some of these guys have been banged up. I mean, Bobby Woods, it seems like, hasn't even played a real full season since he was on the pre-Odell Beckham Rams. And outside of Schultz, uh, who who are we looking at to feel extra comfortable about? But I am, I am optimistic about C.J. Stroud. So even though he's fifth on my list, I do like him over 17 and a half touchdowns without hesitation. Now, looking at number four, as I look at my list here, it was pretty difficult for me to put this man here. And, and this is going to sound again, like I'm going, I'm, I'm making an impulse purchase. I'm buying the flashier car as opposed to the car that otherwise is going to Volvo, Toyota, Corolla, get me from A to B. I am unfortunately going to drink this drink and go down swinging with this man. And I'm teasing you for who I have after this dude. But believe it or not, I got Bryce Young right after CJ Stroud here fourth. And again, I like Bryce Young delivering the goods this year. I just am a little nervous about what I'm going to see out the gate in Carolina. I do love Frankie Reich as the leader of men there. This is a guy who is subtly a quarterback whisperer. We remember he was the brainchild behind Carson Wentz 
the year he got hurt and was an MVP candidate, believe it or not. Seems like a whole nother football lifetime ago. But Frank Reich was the quarterback coach for the Nick full Super Bowl-led Eagles. We've seen him have several quarterbacks in Indy. Even my guy, Phillip Rivers, I went and looked it up, had an over 4,000-yard, 24-tug season under Frankie Reich. But I look at the Panthers. And I'm looking at their weapons and I'm trying to convince myself that DJ Chark, that Adam on the back nine, Thielen and LaVisca Chenault are going to be guys that Bryce Young. I mean, you go weapons for weapons. You can make a case that CJ Stroud has arguably a better one, two, three option than Mr. Bryce Young. By look at what Bryce Young did in college, you cannot understate. First, in Alabama single-season passing yards, not a Tua, a Jalen Hurts, a a McElroy. All the years you go back to quarterbacks, it's Bryce Young with the most single-season passing yards. He's first, by the way, in single-season passing touchdowns on the most decorated season of Alabama quarterbacks with 47. How about this? First in Alabama career, five touchdown games with five, and he's second all-time in Alabama career passing yards. Now, how does that all mix and mingle into this? Look, I'm high on him, and, and Colin has talked about this before as well. You have a SEC conference that is so decked out with professional athletes More so on the defensive side, you can make a case for than on the offense. Of course, it's balanced. There's stars all over the place. But the studs on the front seven out of the SEC, I mean, look at Georgia alone. That's a third of the Philly starting. Javon Carter, Jordan Davis defense right now. And that Bryce Young win against. So although he's going to a, a completely restarting over team as well. New coach, new quarterback, new weapons. I mean, even Miles Sanders, new running back. They got rid of McCaffrey. I mean, they got a couple of returning guys, Chuba Hubbard, et cetera. But at the end of the day, this is going to be a little bit of trial and trips for Bryce Young. Now, I think 19 and a half touchdowns. Again, 17 game season. This guy's going to get the rock game one. He's going to have a ton of, of support. I think Andy Dalton is an excellent backup to him to make sure he's sitting there doing the little things day to day in practice week in, week out. I think Bryce Young, and again, been on the volume sports network, big fan of his, listen to him talk. I mean, this is a guy that was, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, doing DoorDash or whatever he was doing, delivering stuff anonymously. He, he is the kind of guy that stays busy. He's about his action. He is about the work. He's absolutely processed over outcome as far as what we've seen. And we just are looking at a number here in 19 and a half. You have to go over. He's going to get the whole season to start. I just don't know that as far as trajectory, he makes my top three. As again, we got a couple sophomores in this list, as we know, six, five, four here. I'm going Bryce Young over 19 and a half. I do feel comfortable about it. I just don't know if he is the rookie of the year. Now, I am building up what I am about to say, and I got to be honest, I don't like it. I absolutely love it, and he doesn't have the same support, unfortunately, that a Bryce Young has, or even you could say the running support 
of, well, you do in a sense with Jonathan Taylor, of course, but you don't have top three last year coming in running momentum. Although this is, and this is part of my thinking here, a top six offensive line as I had that top build it up to Mr. Anthony Richardson. Believe it or not, I am going in on Anthony Rich as my favorite of the three rookies. I am buying the raw talent that these <laughs> these scouts, these NFL past and present players are talking about. I mean, you start to look at Anthony Richardson. All right, and he came off starting all, all 12 games in the end. He did play in the same conference, to his credit, as Bryce Young, SEC. Started all 12 games. Led the team in five offensive categories. As we know, obviously, this dude is a physical freak. 6'4", 255. If you didn't see the viral tweet last week, I'll break it down for you. 6'4", 55. And that sounds like what Jason Witten used to show up in Oxnard, California as height and weight for Cowboys training camp. And this is a man under center with absolutely every intangible you need athleticism wise to impress. Now the average height of an NFL quarterback last year was six, two and a half. And the average weight was just under 220. Just to give you an idea of what 6'4", 255 coming right at your jugular looks like, Derrick Henry is 6'3", 247. King Henry is 6'3", 247. All right? And Richardson ran the 40-yard dash 0.11 faster than King Henry. You're talking about a certified freak, a Megatron, a Transformer, an adult among other grown men. I mean, Animal Kingdom, tit for tat. This dude, give him the Gerald Butler 300 liter of men's shield. He's going to get you there. I look at his numbers last year. I look at what he comes into situationally, and I factor it all into the number that FanDuel's hanging, depending where you shop, a little under 2,500 yards. A guy that passed this number on a college schedule last year. Now, I don't love the pieces. I'm not going to sit here and say I love the Michael, after Michael Pittman, pack of Skittles pieces. They need to go out and figure out how to build around him more. But I am... I'm going to sit here and say I like over 2475. His ability to make the long throws, his ability to play make, and we don't know where Jonathan Taylor is right now, thanks to Jim Ursay being, I guess, the new Jerry Jones in town with the takes, the interviews, the tweets. He's all over the board. But I look at Rich, and I think this is a guy that they don't exactly know how to fully cap. I mean, again, uh, Top offensive line he is far and away the best offensive line of any of the rookies on this list. And he's got the ball in his hand with the ability to play make. Now, if this is a option over on passing yards, over on rushing touchdowns or rushing yards, I'm absolutely leaning rushing for Anthony Richardson than passing. I don't know yet if I'm fully going all in on over 2475. I'm just looking at limited props here, but I factor what I do in with Indy and I say to myself, 
that this is a guy worth sprinkling on. He's only competing against Gardner Minshews. I'd imagine they probably are going to give a rich the ball all season. It's just going to come down to playmaking. And that we can only hypothesize as we get ready for Thursday preseason week one. But I got him at number three, and I do like him to come out of nowhere. And again, if this dude is able to lean on Jonathan Taylor and a run game and make a defense play him honest, honestly, something to think about on the prop shop for Anthony Richardson. Number two. And we're on second-year quarterbacks now at this point. Um, I, I got to go uh, with Kenny Pickett here. I, I, I do. And he had a seven-touchdown, nine-interception, threw for over 2,400-yard outing, came in obviously in a tough situation. But this was a Steelers offense that he comes in and otherwise impresses. I mean, say what you will about Kenny Pickett. This is a guy I think that was slept on. And a guy, hometown kid, and again, he's from Jersey, but being at Pitt, of course, comfortable in that area, formative years in that area, coming into a great company culture. I mean, come on, Mike Tomlin's streak and never having a losing season is continued. 16 straight seasons of 500 football or better, finishing down the stretch five and one. I mean, come on. They missed the playoffs by a game. So I absolutely love Kenny Pickett coming in to game manage. Now, where it gets tricky is how do we bet him? I don't love the amount of games he started and the amount of touchdowns he sh- he threw. They don't have a, a household offensive line like they used to have in years past. They have obviously a defense that is going to be what they've been. The Fitzpatrick, the TJ Watts, the Haywards. We know about this star-studded defense and the key pillars on defense. The question is betting a guy that essentially is not asked to Anthony Richardson playmake. You're asking a guy to just game manage. So even though he comes in at two on my list, 17 and a half touchdowns to me, I don't love. I I really, I don't love it. I look at the team total wins as something that's more comfortable for me to fire on otherwise to looking at what 18 touchdowns is going to do for Kenny Pickett. Now, this is a Pittsburgh Steeler team to me that is going to get an over 517 straight season going with Mikey Tomlin. I think it's a nine and eight win club. I really do. It's juiced on the over for good reason. So if you're asking me who I like, what I like more with Pickett at the two on this list, I like over eight and a half wins because again, he's going to come in. Najee Harris run the rock. This is what they do. Time of possession, sixth, by the way, last year, and overall time of possession. They take care of the rock. They slow the game down. And the defense typically gives the ball back to the offense in non-dramatic fashion most times. But they play in the AFC North. It is an absolute barn burner of a division. They beat up on each other. They wail on each other. If I had to call a theme of what the AFC North is as a collective group. They're like the Gronkowski brothers. They're all coming to the table for dinner, wailing on each other for the last piece of beef. And how does that factor into the bet? I I love the over on team total wins. I'm a little coin flippy on Pickett going for 18 touchdowns. Sophomore slump is real. I will go over if you're asking me over or under 18 touchdowns. That's one game. That's, I mean, that's one one touchdown a game pretty much on average there it's feasible but i'm going 
Steelers over more than our guy Pickett here. And last but not least, and unfortunately, the guy's banged up right now. I got to take Brock Purdy, number one. I mean, I, I'm not sitting here saying he's the best quarterback on this list. I'm talking about best bets of the six situations, overall company culture, overall momentum from last year. I mean, what are we doing here thinking about anybody other than a guy who has a top five roster unequivocally stars Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk everywhere. Top 15 offensive line. Obviously a unbelievable top three Shanahan running scheme, but he doesn't have any props out because he's recovering from the UCLA surgery, UCL surgery with his elbow. Now, apparently surgery's gone great. Apparently still the job is his to lose. I'm looking at what he did coming in out of nowhere. Mr. Irrelevant out of nowhere. Where last year, 13 touchdowns, four mistakes, great game manager, 152 per game, 67 completion percentage. That's exactly what you want in a quarterback that's going to come in and just kind of using this as quite quite a, a constant here, manage the game. They don't need Brock Purdy to do anything outside of his jurisdiction, but Looking at not just the regular season with Purdy, really looking at what he did against the Seahawks, what he did in those first couple rounds in the playoffs, you cannot understate it. I mean, the guy's got DOG, the guy's a gamer, and the guy is under, to me, a a top five overall NFL franchise. On the history of the sport, you have to consider putting the San Francisco 49ers in your top five of overall franchises. Again, banged up so we don't have any actionable things to fire on with with Purd, but over 10 and a half wins for the San Francisco 49ers in a two-horse division. I mean, I don't even know who the Rams are going to roll out that's going to play football for this club. They sold obviously all their chips for two years ago, Super Bowl. Kyler Murray is going to be playing Call of Duty all year. And and Geno Smith, again, I, I, I think the Seahawks are another interesting play on the board. Team total-wise, ain't nobody touching the San Francisco 49ers in the division. I, I, you go tit for tat on division by division win totals. I, I almost, I'll have to double check. I don't think there's a team. That is two games separated from first place and second place on team total wins. The second most interesting team in the divisions, the Seahawks, they're over-unders eight and a half. San Francisco's 10 and a half. They're going to mop up the division. They're going to go five and one in division. They're going to clear this number with ease. They're working on not getting in the playoffs and winning their division. They're working on home field advantage in the conference. So they don't have to go to absolute mayhem in Philly next year in the NFC championship game. To me, it's a three horse race in the NFC. It's the Eagles, the Niners, the Cowboys, and everybody else. And that to me rounds out an absolute must purchase on the San Francisco 49ers over 10 and a half wins. So that's my six through one list. Ritter six purdy one. And again, You go by Madden overall rankings here. You can reshuffle this deck any which way. The reality is there's probably three, if not four game managers on this list. You can even make a case for five. 
And there's an opportunity for, to me, two playmakers. And Richardson's one of them. So we'll see how it happens. We'll see how it all shakes out. That's the list. Just for a second, on Schwitzen about our girls in the U.S. Women's World Cup, I'm super, super bummed. I spent my Sunday morning Pacific. I stayed up till 2 a.m. to watch the girls all the way to Penns and we lose on a millimeter, Jerry. But again, we've heard it from the Carly Lloyds, the Mia Hams, the decorated champions from past. The three-peats and anomaly, it's not easy to do. Six new starters for the girls. A lot of turnover. couple of key pieces on their way out. Alex Morgan's only getting older. You don't deliver in the 120 minutes against Sweden. I, I just didn't see an aggressive enough nature. I'm not going to come down on them. I kind of saw this coming. It was going to be a tough, really uphill battle. I'm looking at Japan. I'm looking at a couple different clubs. They just didn't have the sauce. For some reason, they didn't have the juice. But, you know, this is the onward, ongoing discussion of winning and staying as starving and as hungry as you are once you are paid, once you are fed. Again, lot to be proud of, lot to feel good about. But we are USA women's soccer. We are win it all or bust. We didn't get it done. I know the team's already hanging their head enough. I'm not going to come down on them. I just wish they were a little more aggressive in that game. Came back to bite them. And and you got to make your penalty kicks. So unfortunately, onwards and upwards, we will be back. I love some of these new key pieces. I think Rodman's a star in the making. We'll see how it all shakes out with the rest of the cup. I may tweet out some picks. I'm still going to watch. Feel bad for Fox's rating system. Obviously, Fox Sports going all in, expecting us to make a deep run. We don't, but I will still figure out a way to fire on the World Cup, provide some value to those listening to me. And of course, I am absolutely hammering daily baseball. Padres in a game four here coming up. It's going to be a fascinating MLB down the stretch season. I had a huge, monstrous, call your bookie, he owes you type week last week. Let's hope we continue. Thank you all for listening. We end just about 30 minutes on the nuzzle. Appreciate you rocking with me. Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco for Paul, for myself, for Volume Sports. That's your rookie and sophomores on the Super Bad Campus. Breaking it down, firing on a bet. Appreciate you as always. Don't forget to hug your mothers. We'll see you next show. The volume.